Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 37 with Donna King. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really happy to have Donna King on the line with me today. Donna and her husband, Wesley, were actually suggested as guests for this show by Samara Murtaugh, who you might remember from episode 24. And as we've been emailing back and forth, it's just been delightful to hear a little bit about what God has been doing in their lives. And I'm really looking forward to learning more as we chat today. In fact, I can tell you that even just the chat that we had before this interview started has been wonderful, just hearing Donna share the amazing things that God has done already. One thing I did want to mention is that Wesley has recently published a book called My Name Is, and it's available right now in paperback from Abba Father Media, and they're working on the electronic version. I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes so that you can pick that up if you're interested, and those will be at engagingmissions.com slash Donna King. And I do fully expect that we'll talk about this book a little bit today. Okay, Donna, now I've given just a little introduction. Can you take a minute and tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally. Okay, yes. Um, our ministry right now is what I would, what Wesley and I have talked about as being threefold. Um, the, the ministry began back in 99, um, um, and Wesley was, um, and his wife, Brenda, um, went to Ecuador uh, to build a home for street kids. And um, the, uh, when he, he was trying to decide where to go, my, my husband was, uh, had a family practice clinic in Oregon, and uh, he had a patient who was from Ecuador, and he was talking to him one day and said, how oh, you'd like to do this. This was a vision that they both had. And, and that didn't know where to go. And he said, well, why don't you come to my country? There's plenty of water and plenty of food, but a lot of kids who need help. So um, my husband took a trip down there with him, and he was driving on the main road in a, in a little town called Banos. And he said there was a little shingle at the side of the road, land for sale. And he said he, he decided to check that out, and he said he went down uh, about a block, and he found this, like, two acres of land for sale uh, with avocado trees. It was an orchard, avocado trees and lemon trees, uh, mandarina trees. And he said, um, 
he uh, just felt God said, this is the property I want you to buy. And so um, he bought that property. Uh, that was August of 1999, and he came back uh, to the States, and he packed up, they said goodbye to their friends and packed up all their stuff. And in October of 1999, Tumbarawa, which is about a four-mile distance uh, from that place, uh, the volcano erupted. It had been silent for like 50 years. And uh, it was a violent eruption, and the town was evacuated. So when they moved there in November, they could not go to Banya. So they went down river to a little town called Shell, where um, Elizabeth Elliot, if the people recall that name, and the five, her husband and four others were killed working with the Rowani Indians there. And uh, but God always has providence in what He does because what, they were very confused. Wesley said, "When I bought the property, I didn't even know there was a volcano there." Um, but and he was a little confused, not knowing if he really heard the voice of God. But they lived in Shell for about six months, and during that time, they came across this this little Schwar boy that was 10 years old, nine or, nine or 10 years old, and he looked like he was about four. He was so malnourished and so small and in terrible condition. And uh, they took this boy uh, into their home there in Shell. And uh, the book will tell you about the miraculous way God brought these this boy to them. You, you just don't want to miss it. But anyway, then Wesley and Brenda came to Banyos when the town was opened again, and Wesley began building on this two-acre property. And um, it took him about four years to build a 7,000-square-foot home, which is a challenge in itself because you don't have Home Depot down the road. Um and just working with uh, third world equipment and people and in a different culture and a different uh, language, it's a big, huge challenge. But um, Wesley is not a quitter, and he takes on challenges. He's been missionary in other parts of the world. So it wasn't his first experience. But anyway... Um, they brought in a number of boys as the years passed. In 2004, they finished that building, the, the house, and moved in. And Brenda was there one night. Uh, they were on their way to the United States because uh, Wesley needed some surgery and they were going to do a little family reunion with their kids. And uh, on that trip, she contacted a a blood infection and died very suddenly. Hmm. And it was um, very, uh, I mean, disrupting to many things. I mean, these boys that lived with them, I mean, they had in, engaged, you know, it was like a family, so it was like they lost their mother. And uh, so instead of them both coming back, uh, Wesley brought Brenda back in a in a little box of ash, and um, and uh, it was very difficult. And um, 
But God provides. He always provides. And there was a woman that they had just met uh, from Germany that uh, was staying with the boys while they were gone, and she stayed on and continued to help Wesley with this big group of kids that he had. And uh, and it is he never has taken in babies. He's always taken in boys that are half-grown, and that's a huge challenge. Um, I, I found out when I went how what a big challenge <laughs> that is. <laughs> but then he, um, and of all things, um, at the same time, God is telling me he has something different for me to do. Wesley encounters, and I'm just being very brief on this because I don't have, we don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he gets accused um, by the drug cartel saw this property and, real, and saw where it was located. It was off the road and very nice, and they were working something out to uh, accuse uh, Wesley of having a drug, uh, like a porno ring. Mm. Uh, you know, taking advantage of these boys. And and the police came in and tore the house apart looking for cameras and ended up having some of the boys thrown into jail. And, I mean, it was like a year and a half. He had to literally run for his life. Um, and, of course, um, Birgit, his, uh, the German lady who was helping them, stayed there and, and helped him during this time. And again, God just always supplies, always. And um, so then after um, he was able to return, it was uh, in 2006, he was able to, he finally got it all. What had happened is the drug cartel um, paid a district attorney of, of Banyos, $50,000 to have Wesley put in prison so they could take over his property. So things like that do happen. And people told Wesley, don't go back. But he said, I have to go back. And this is what God called me to do. And mm-hmm. he will help me get through this. And God did help him. And that district, district attorney was a problem to many people in Banyos so because he was so uh, corrupt. And so the final outcome of that was is that, of course, Wesley was not guilty, and he was cleared of all the charges, and that this attorney was removed from his position and no didn't bother anybody else in, in the town either. So anyway, that moved on, as, moving on to my involvement in 2007, late 2007, God let me know. Um, that my time for moving into the new thing that he had called me to do had, had was now. And um, at that time, I was working in a hospital as a respiratory therapist, and I ran a pulmonary function testing lab. And um, it was a very good job. Uh, I was at that time a widow. My husband had died of cancer, um, and I had been a widow as from like May of 2006 until December of 2007. I didn't know what God had called me to do, but I just knew he had, and I was just praying every day and asking him. And one day he had told me as I was praying, Donna, um, uh, you're, I'm going to move you into a relationship that's going to move very fast, uh, but I will give you signs to know that you 
this is where I want you to be. And if I had time, I would give you all the information, but it, it, I don't have enough time. But anyway, so in 2000, uh, March of 2008, I married Wesley after meeting him in December. And um, then moved there in June after I retired from my job. And uh, we then began to work together um, with the boys. And then also we started um, a kids' club. And uh, Wesley had purchased, not by his own thought that he would, but a, a neighbor came by while he was building his on his two acres. Um, there was a little patch of land across the road, and the neighbor said, I want you to buy this property because I know that you'll take it and do something good with it. And Leslie says, well, I don't really need more property. And he started to say no. And he said, God said, I couldn't say no, that I needed to say yes. <laughs> and so he said, okay, God, I'll buy the property. And I have no clue why you want me to buy another little patch of land because I really have enough right here. But then what happened later as we're doing this kids club, it ends up being like a hundred kids that were coming to our house every week. And Wesley said, you know what? I've got that little patch of land across the, the road and we are going to excavate it and we're going to build a little community center. So uh, he got started on that. And then in, uh, that was in August of uh, 2008 and in March of 2009 we had a lot of the neighbors saying we want to know more our kids are coming home with this information about Jesus and we want to know more and so we decided to start a Bible study in our home and so in March of 2009 we had the um, uh, people come to our house and the first uh, Saturday night, we had 20 people, and the next Saturday night, we had 40, and then we had 60 the next, and so by the end of the month, we had 80 people coming to our Bible study. So Wesley said, you know, I'm building that little community center across the road. I need to put another story uh, on that, another level. So all of a sudden, we are putting another level on that building. Mm -hmm. And um, before the year was out, we had a church of 100 people meeting <laughs> across the road. Uh, and a children's church going strong, you know, sometimes it would be like 50 kids, but most of the time it was 70 or 80 kids. And, um, and then through the years, I mean, we had our ups and downs. Working in another culture is, is very challenging. Uh, you have language barriers sometimes also that you think people understand one thing and it's not what you understand. But through the through five years we had we have had like five different pastors and people. Um in, and I won't go into all of that, but we just think what is going on here? So in that time, though, my husband had decided also to take that building, at, since it was two stories, and he took two rooms that are, he made them dormitory rooms, and he built, he just finished last year building 33 beds. And um, we have made that a, a retreat center. 
So we have an orphanage and a a church and a retreat center. And we offer um, a retreat, um, offer churches to come and use our facilities for free. And um, a lot of the the Quechua people from the mountains come with their um, people and, you know, have marriage encounters or, you know, it might just be women's groups or or just men's groups. And um, also on our property, we have built um, a baptismal tank that many churches around have used, uh, not only from our little town of Sanios, but other cities. Um, Also, we have, um, he's built little places on our property for people that have places to just get quiet and get away with God. He's built bathroom facilities. Um, little garden houses. It's very beautiful. It's um, it, God is just amazing how He puts things together. Now, in the middle of all of this, Wesley has hurt his back. He's had three back surgeries in the last six years, um, but he just keeps on going, and um, I'm there to keep on going with him. There's never a dull day. Um, there's lots of surprises. But the one thing that we've learned is, you know, the enemy will always fight you. And, you know, sometimes we have things that are said uh, that, you know, about us um, that, you know, it's gossip and it's not true. And you have a tendency to want to be offended. But God says, just love these people. And also, you know, sometimes the boys that you helped, you know, they they don't love you back. Um, and so you don't do it to be loved. You do it to show them Jesus. And eight, all together, Wesley has probably had 20 boys in our, in our home that have lived there. For, uh, some have lived many years and some have lived a few months. But God told him, every boy that comes and lives in your home, I have a call on their life. I have something for them to do. And um, sometimes we don't always see yet uh, the fruit of that in their life. But God says the story's not over yet. And uh, there's others that have grown up and they've, had children, and they're busy in evangelism and working for the Lord. And those are the things that keep you um, moving forward and knowing, you know, that it is worth it. And um, I've learned a lot. I have learned so much that um, it it isn't at all like I thought it was going to be. Uh, It's very hard. But it's better, actually, than I thought it was going to be, though, because it's changed me. It's made me look at working for the Lord. Um, I remember as a young person, um, I worked with YWAM early on in my life, and there was a song we would sing, So Send I Used to Labor Unrewarded, you know, to... to, uh, bear rebuke, uh, and I can't remember all the words, but, you know, it isn't 
like a pretty song, you know, that everybody's just going to love you and you're going to win millions to Jesus. You know, sometimes it's just a few. Um, but what's blessed me most of late, just before we left, we've struggled, like I said, with this church to find something solid. And for years, we've prayed every day, Lord, make this a house of prayer. Make this like the house of prayer where people find you where they get saved, they get healed, and they get delivered. And in the last two months, we have had a man come in, and prayer goes on there almost every morning and every evening. I would say most every day, there's at least five or six hours of prayer going on at that church. Mm -hmm. And people have come in. There was a lady, for example, that had a stroke, and she was lame on one side, and her family brought her, and she was not able to walk on her own. But she walked out healed and free. Uh, I mean, that's just one example. Um, so anyway, I'll quit talking for a minute. <laughs> well, that's, that's really powerful, and I, I really appreciate you sharing this. For, the, for those who are listening, this isn't maybe the way it typically works, but I think that God is moving in this because as Donna was sharing, I really had two things that were coming to my mind. One is that God's stories for us unfold over time. And as I heard her telling the stories about how Wesley started this thing and didn't understand this thing and then this other thing happened, that's how God moves in our lives. The other thing that came to me is just the scripture that says one generation declares to the next the wonders of God. And my, I don't know, my, my suggestion to you is that you connect with some people who are not part of your generation, some people who are older, some people who are younger, and allow that story of God in your life and that passion and the, you know, the sense of peace, maybe what it, what it is that you carry that God has given you, allow that to flow into the lives of other people. That's how... That, that's how you end up with these kinds of stories is you live that life and then you share them. Now, Donna, I would like to move, move on. Yeah. Um, we, know, we know a little bit about you now. Can you share with us a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's been really meaningful to you over the years? And then share with, it, share with us how that's really shaped your behavior. Okay, yes, uh, there is one. I mean, there's a number of them. I mean, Psalm 91 is my absolute favorite chapter of all all times, but um, there's a, a verse called, he's going to give you hind feet and set you upon your high places, and that's in, um, in three places in the Bible, Samuel, Psalms, and Habakkuk, and it came to me in a very difficult season of my life when I just felt like I wasn't going to make it, and I got over that, and God just led me through and did give me high feet and set me upon my high places. Mm. And I thought at that time that that was just for that particular situation in my life. But all through my life, God has led me in, you know, the important thing is walking with him Mm. and talk, you know, people, when we go to church on Sunday and we think, Oh, Oh, we've done all we need to do. You know, and it isn't about church. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, he, has, he, he has, through my life, in my, in my employment position, I had a certificate. Uh, that's all I had for my respiratory uh, uh, 
the years I was a respiratory therapist, but I ended up running a pulmonary function testing lab and taking care of blood gas machines, which is a very uh, important piece of equipment for Mm. any hospital. Uh, And I did that on a certificate. I had people working under me that had masters. And I don't say that to brag, except to brag on Jesus, because he told me he would give me high speed and set me upon my high places. And then when I thought, when I retired, I thought it's done. But working with my husband, Wesley, ah, he set me upon, he's given me high speed. Oh, I can't tell you how many times when it just looked like an impossible situation to handle. I mean, we have kids that are demon-possessed, and they go into a trance, and they're just, they are out of control. And you pray for them, and you don't just, your answers to prayer don't happen like within minutes. You're praying with some of these kids for hours, and we're old. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but uh, what, more recently, one of our boys, um, bless his heart, he gave his heart to Jesus. And this is what we find when they give their heart to Jesus. It's not too long after that, but some of these kids re- manifest, you know, a demonic spirit because they've come out of some terrible things. But uh, uh, one of the last experiences we had with one of our boys as he went into one of these trances, it was 10 o'clock at night. We were both really tired. But he ends up, I won't go into all the details, it took about two hours, but he ran his fist through a window and he cut his hand. Uh, I don't know where exactly the cut was, but there was blood everywhere. And um, when it was all done and he was delivered and free, Hmm. I was cleaning all the blood off of him and he was Still passed out, but we knew the demon was demons were gone. There was more than one. I wiped all the blood off of him, and you know I couldn't find any place to put a band aid or. It, I it's just wow, it, and it isn't it isn't the power of the demon that ever has amazed me. It is the power of the word of God when you're praying for them. You're speaking the body, you know, you're reading scripture, you're, you're uh, playing praise music, um, and, uh, you know, calling on God, you see, you see God's hand. It, it, this, this, this same boy uh, early on had another, uh, uh, we had another episode where he was like a, a cat, a wild cat. And he could never get close to us. And he tried to stab himself. He he jumped off the second story of our house in his stocking feet. Never once, when it was all over. I mean, he he never complained that his he had his ankle. I mean, he should have by all rights broken a, a leg or an ankle. Not not a thing. But we told the devil when he we were going through this experience. That, that Jefferson, you belong to Jesus. And devil, you cannot, you cannot take Jefferson's life. We could see how the devil was just trying to take his life. It couldn't happen because he didn't belong to the devil anymore. He belonged to Jesus. And see, those devils aren't comfortable there anymore. So they, they want to come out, but they don't want to come out. You know, I don't know if I could, 
that. That's kind of a funny way to say <laughs> that, but they're no longer comfortable where Jesus lives. Yeah. And um, so we go through things like that, and that's not an everyday experience. But but over and above all is the power of the Word of God and prayer and the blood of Jesus. Yeah. It's powerful. That's great. Now, Donna, we, we're running a little bit tight on time, but... You, I told you this would happen. <laughs> but you've, you've already shared so much with us, so I don't at all feel bad with about that. I don't feel like we're being shortchanged at all. But I definitely want to make sure that I have some time for you to talk about what's going on in the ministry right now and possibly a, a little bit more about Wesley's book. So can you share with us what you're excited about and maybe what you see coming in the future? Oh, I I see, well, I see God do, I see God that more people are going to be coming to Jesus than we have ever seen. I mean, we went through a dry period, but even just recently, we baptized 14 people from our church. Wow. And uh, I believe it's just the beginning. Uh, we've seen, we're beginning to see people get saved, get delivered get healed. Uh, I'm so excited about that. I see people becoming more familiar and and aware that we have this retreat center available. And I believe we're going to see more of that. Um, We're, I know there's a transition ahead. God told me there is a transition ahead. So I don't know if we are going to be playing the role that we have been playing, but I'm excited. God said, I am going to send someone who can take and pick up the baton where, where you, you have to leave off. He is not going to leave a gap. He, God has already prepared somebody who can work with the culture that we're in and speak the language. And I don't know how that's going to come about. I just know that it is because all through my years of walking with God, I've seen him always be on time. I've seen him always lead the way. Um, And so he said, don't look anxiously about you. Uh, He trusts me. And so that's what I choose to do. And um, so I'm excited to see now that whoever this person or persons, who are coming to us um, to pick up the baton because Leslie is 72 and I'm 68. Um, And not that we won't be there to be a part of it, but um, we won't be carrying all of it. Um, uh, So that I'm excited about. And so I know that right, right now the number of our boys is not, very many. We have about five or five. One is kind of off and on. Uh, but I believe that that home will again house more kids because that's what it was built for. And God told Wesley, you know, cause Wesley came back and said, God, did I make a mistake? Did I not, did I not hear you right? I thought you said for me to buy this property. And God said, I did tell you to buy this property. And he said, well, what about the volcano? And he said, don't worry about it. So Wesley says, I don't. And he said, Wesley, there is a perimeter of line around your property 
that moves upward, and the principalities that reign over Banyo do not reign over your property. And when people, I don't care if saved or unsaved, walk in onto our in through our gate, they always say, what a peaceful place, and it's the peace of God there. That's good. Can you share with us a little bit more about Wesley's book? Oh, yes. All right. Uh, the book is written, uh, it doesn't have the actual name, and Wesley has added some things that are, are uh, you know, because it's like the beginning of Andres, and he is a twin. They were, these boys that the book is about uh, were the last of um, of his father's um, children. Um, he had, their father was a shaman, and he had five wives. And their mother was the youngest of the five wives. And when Andres and Roberto, the twins, were born, um, she couldn't keep up with feeding everybody and keeping the babies quiet. And their father, who was 70, uh, would beat beat their mother, and she ran away and abandoned them. And then when they were five years old, and then the other tribes people kept them alive, but when they were five years old, um, their father died. And um, there's just amazing things in that book about what those boys had to do with his body. And um, then uh, what happened to them after that, I mean, the twins are living in the jungle alone. And they're on their own. Nobody wants to take them in. Even though he has a lot of half-brothers and sisters, they're not interested in these little boys. Mm. And um, at one point, one of them almost dies. And um, But what was beautiful, and I don't want to tell you too much, but mm. Andres ends up having a dream, and he sees in his dream, he sees Jesus. Now, he's never heard of Jesus, but in his dream, he sees Jesus, and he knows. He knows it's Jesus. And Jesus says, some nice people are going to come and take care of you, and you're not going to be hungry anymore. And you're not going to have to be afraid that a jaguar is going to come and eat you. You're going to have a safe place to stay. And when, when Andres gets to their home, he sees everything in his dream come true. Wow. That's great. Now, um, Donna, I know that you've spent some time working in the marketplace. You know, you, you worked as a, as a respiratory tech, uh, but now you're also in the mission field. We know that not everybody is called to vocational ministry, and our audience is primarily people who aren't called to the, you know, they're actually called to the marketplace. What would you tell somebody if they if they know that they're called to the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in business really matters in the kingdom? Oh, I'm going to tell you, we have a mission field everywhere we are. Everywhere we are. The important thing is, is the enemy is everywhere. <laughs> the God is with you wherever you are. And I mean, I could tell you a lot of stories about my profession and 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 leading people to Jesus Christ, we have a no matter where you are, it's a mission field. Uh, 
and and reach out to the people around you. In fact, right now, as I come back to the United States, uh, oh my, I I see uh, uh, burkas, people, you know, women wearing these headdresses, which I did not see so many when I left, and and realized that there are millions of of Muslims in our country, and um, and I that could be a very fearful thing because of what the Quran says. But you know what God wants us to do? He wants to reach those people who don't, they, they've never heard the truth. So let's, let's, let's uh, love them as Jesus does. He doesn't love Islam, of course, but he loves those people. There isn't anybody God does not love. And we can reach them. We can change. We can change history. We, we can change the future if we get in touch with God and say, God, what do you want me to do in this circumstance? What do you want me to help me reach that person for you? One at a time. Um, it's about Jesus uh, deserves a reward for his suffering. And and it's our it's his heart that we connect with him and do it. And and one of the things that has been I I know I'm taking time and I'm sorry, <laughs> but one that so impressed me lately. I've been reading about Gideon and I'm reading a book that is kind of magnifying a light the, the things about Gideon I hadn't seen. But one important thing about Gideon was is that Gideon didn't think he could do it. He said, I'm, "I'm. Why are you choosing me, God? I'm a nothing. I, I'm. I'm scared to death. How, how could you ever use me?" But God said, "He. He. He. Um, the Holy Spirit came on Gideon. Okay, and in the Amplified, it says that God clothed Gideon with Himself. He put him on like a glove, and." And if we will just surrender and say, God, uh, put me on like a, like a glove and, and lead me, he will. And it's so exciting. And some days, yeah, it's hard. But it isn't about easy. It's about doing this wonderful work with God. And, and it is never going to be in your own mind what you think it's going to be. And people, even people sometimes who volunteer and come and help us, if they're there any length of time, sometimes some of them almost work against us because they think it's not like it should be. But, but it's, <laughs> it isn't to be like you think it should be. You have to every day walk with God and say, God, keep my attitude in the right place. Help me never to wear an offense and to walk with you and move when you say move, stop when you say stop. And it may not look like it, what you should be doing, but hang in there with it and you will see the fruit of it. It's, it, it's the most exciting life, walking with Jesus. I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade anything for my life to do something else. Uh, I'm happy where I am. I was happy as a respiratory therapist. And I was thankful that God had put me there. And uh, I, I'm happy in Ecuador. 
Um, so um, it is in the and the key thing is walking with Jesus, uh, spending time with Him. I, I know that one of the first big encounters with God, and when He was moving me into something, He said, "Spend an hour with me, your first hour every morning." So I said, well, God, you're going to have to wake me up because I don't want to set the alarm and wake up the house. He woke me up. <laughs> he did. I got to tell you, three ways God woke me up. He would knock, one knock on the door of the bedroom door, or I had um, two little pools that would sleep at the foot of the bed and they would stand up and they would jiggle their little tags. Or I would feel a boy yoing in the bed spring. And I'm going to tell you, every time I open my eyes with, with one of those three things, I would look over at the clock, and it was exactly five o'clock. Wow. Uh, see, if you get serious with God, he's, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to say, okay, let's do this. He won't make you. But if you if you follow God with your whole heart, and, and there's and there isn't that I've I've never, you know, fallen off the wagon and, and messed up and did something, you know, that wasn't, you know, that I wasn't listening close or whatever. You know, it isn't like something I, I'm scared to death, you know. I, I But I want to get close to him. And when you do, he just so embraces you um, and, and, and helps you and guides you. I mean, finances. I, I never dreamed the amount of money God would pour into my into my coffer hmm. um, in amazing ways, and there's just not time to talk about it. But when you totally commit yourself to walk with God, and I don't say that, you know, because sometimes I I have to repent and say, God, forgive me for not listening. But it is the most exciting life, and I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Now, Donna, we we have run over our time a little bit. Are you okay if we hang on for just a couple more minutes and ask a couple more questions? I'm fine. I'm amazed to still want to talk. Oh, of course. (laughs) Um, What I'd like to do is go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you some questions and you come back with your your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um... From God, I have received not to wear an offense. That's a, um, that's a good one. Ephesians 6 says that, that flesh and blood are not our enemy. The principalities and powers are our enemy. And when we are in a situation and we are offended, if we're if we're praying hellfire and damnation on the person, we're praying the wrong prayer. We pray against the principalities and powers and rulers and spiritual wickedness and high places that's influencing that person and love that person. Yeah. That 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 you have to do that. If you if you don't because <laughs> there's always going to be a conflict. And no matter where you are, I mean, it just happens. There's going to be a conflict, and it depends on how you handle it. It'll you'll either grow in it, or you're going to grow apart. And um, uh, 
So to be solid, that's what you have to say. I am not going to, I am not going to be offended. And sometimes you have to work on it a little bit. And some things I have to work a little harder. Um, so um, that, um, I guess, is the best answer I can give you. Okay. Uh, and what's one book you'd recommend for our listeners? Well, right now I'm reading Hosting the Presence. That's where I got the thing about Gideon. I, I am getting so much out of this book. It is just beautiful. Is there, oh, there's a lot of books. I read Rick Joyner books. <laughs> um, the Torch and the Sword by Rick Joyner is such a picture of what is happening today. That that book moved me um, a great deal. <laughs> it, it's the battle we are in today. Uh, that's best I could say on that. Okay. That's that's good. And for those who are listening, I'll have both of these books as well as uh, Wesley's book linked up in the show notes. And that again is at engagingmissions.com slash Donna King. Now, Donna, we're almost done. Could you just share share with us one last piece of advice and then the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> okay. Um, wait on God. Uh, seek him, ask him what, I, mean, I believe every one of us has an assignment and uh, it's the most exciting thing you'll do wait on him and you won't get you may not hear an answer right away sometimes you may have to be asking and waiting on him for many days or months but wait on him, be patient and you know ask, seek, knock is what he, he says and he means that and um he he will in in this process he will prepare you he will show you you will find it and you will be blessed and you will have the light of your life. <laughs> um, I don't know if I answered that question, but <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, if if someone wanted to connect with you, is there a way for them to do with, do that? No, we are called the Sweet Refuge. Uh, in Spanish, it's called El Dulce Refugio. We do have a website. We There's some other information about us on it. It's thesweetrefuge.com. If you Google that, um, I haven't looked at it for a while, but it's like top on the list. It tells us uh, tells a little more about us um, and Brenda and some of the stories of the boys. Um, there is... Um, email addresses on that uh, that you could contact us. So uh, that's probably the easiest way. Okay, that's great. Now, Donna, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate everything you shared. Uh, It was just story after story after story of God's faithfulness in everything. Thanks so much for your time and your generosity. Brian, thank you. I appreciate you. That's all the time that we had with Donna King. I'm really thankful that we were able to connect and talk while she was here in the States. It's just so wonderful to hear uh, saints share about their life with Christ and and share about the reality of their relationship with Christ. I'm so thankful that I was able to hear that and to get that out to you. As I mentioned during the interview, you can find uh, links to all of the resources that we talked about at engagingmissions.com slash Donna King or slash 37 is in the number 37. You'll also find the link to the book that Wesley wrote there. 
As always, I am interested in your feedback. If you have any feedback for me that you'd like to share, you can either leave a comment in the show notes or leave a rating and review for the show in iTunes. Or if you want to shoot me an email, just send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. And again, I'm so thankful that you were here. Whether this is your first time visiting with us or if you've been here since the very beginning, I'm really glad that you took the time to listen to Donna share her story. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more stories from missionaries like Donna King, you can you can make sure that you don't miss those by subscribing in iTunes. And you can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. There you'll find a link that'll take you directly to the show in iTunes and makes it as easy as possible to subscribe. And if you're If you did like the show and you're interested, you can also leave a rating and review. You can do that again by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. I have a short video there about two and a half, three minutes long that shows you everything that you need to know in order to be able to do that. And doing that, believe it or not, really helps the show because it helps other people find the show and connect with missionaries like Donna or the other 36 interviews that we've had up so far. Uh, So if you could do that, that would be really meaningful to me. And again, just thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that you took the time out to come and sit with, a, with Donna and me to listen to her story and to hear from God through her. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.